You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today, after, I don't know, about a week and a half or so off, is my co-host, Curtis. And today on the show, we're going to start our deep dive into the 2021 recruiting class. We did, I guess it was a quick recap of the late signing day earlier in the week by answering a number of listener questions, but we kind of already knew coming into that, that there wasn't much meat on that bone. Most of our heavy lifting had already been done in the early signing period. Really, it was just one prospect that we were watching. That was Terry on Arnold, who goes to Alabama, and whatever. We didn't really have much news there outside of a, of a couple preferred walk-ons like Logan Johnson from Prince Avenue. But that was much more of a big picture look at the class than anything else talking about has Kirby Smart lost a step in the recruiting trail? Oh my God, we finished third overall and not first. And then taking a look at some of the, the most important prospects in the class and some of the big misses. Because we didn't land everybody. You never land everybody you want in class and this class was no different. We missed a couple of guys that I would love to have suit up in the red and black, but it's not going to happen. So we took that big picture look at the class But today, we're going to begin the process of evaluating each and every signee in the 2021 class, all 20 of them, with the kind of depth that I don't think you're going to find anywhere else. And since the plan is to do a deep dive into each of these prospects, we're just not going to be able to squeeze them all into one episode in the time frame we have to record today. So we're going to break this into two parts. We're going to start with the offensive players today in part one, and then next week in part two, we will do the exact same thing with the defensive class. And the way this is gonna work is that for each of these guys that we evaluate, that we preview, we're gonna give you two ratings. To make things easy, I think this is the easiest way to do it. All ratings are on a scale of one to 10. I think that the Likert scale is pretty universally understood, so we'll just go with that. Uh, The first rating that we're gonna give each of these prospects or these signees now is gonna be how likely the player is to contribute in year one, with 10 being like, we're 100% confident this do- this guy is like a day one starter, which would be like Jermaine Burton last year. I, I really thought strongly this guy was going to be a- have a chance to really come in and compete and be a starter right away. And then one being this guy is 100% destined for a red shirt. All right, so scale of 1 to 10, you can be anywhere on that scale. Uh, the second rating will be what type of career we predict. Not just year one, but what type of overall career we predict for the player when it's all said and done, three to five years, however many years they stay here from now. A 10 in that case would be like, 
first team All-American, first round draft pick. That's what we see in the future. While a woman be a guy that we kind of see as maybe a, a, just a never contributor type guy, maybe a washout transfer type guy somewhere down the line. And of course, we will explain our thought our thought process for each of these picks. We're not going to give you a number and then just move on. We'll explain why we're giving you those numbers. That's part of the that is the deep dive, right? And uh, the the order I have here, there's no rhyme or reason. I kind of just try to mix it up as much as I could to make it random. But these are all guys again that project to play offense at the next level. We'll get to defense next week when I break it up, so we have time to really dive deep into each of these guys and give them the time that they deserve. All right, Kurt. So we're going to start at the top here. You know what? Let's start with the other Brock, the Brock that doesn't get as much love. We all know about Brock Vandergrift. He gets plenty of love. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But let's start with the other Brock. Brock Bowers from all the way out in Napa, California, tied in, six foot three, 225 pounds, number 105 nationally. I'm just going to go ahead and kind of spoil it here. I think number 105 nationally is way undervaluing this guy. I think he's a borderline top 50 guy. I think he's going to be a big time player for us. But Curtis, I'm going to let you start us off here. I'm curious what your take is on him. Are you as high on him as I am? Let's start with the rating for how much of an immediate impact you think he's going to make in year one. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like he's an automatic insert plug and play day one starter, one being he's destined for a red shirt. On a scale of one to 10, how confident are you guys? How confident are you that this guy is going to be a contributor in year one? I'm going to go with the number. Uh, I'm going to put it at a four, and I think the biggest reason for that is just the fact of he is suffering the consequences of where he lived this past year um, out in California. They did not have a season this past year. They said they were going to move to spring. I don't know, but either way, going off that, he's you know pretty much having a whole not playing football for practically a year outside of training and things like that. And I think that's really going to affect him. But honestly, I think he realistically steps in as one of our more athletic tight ends because he's actually – one thing I don't think people talk about is how fast he actually is for his size. So I think even though he, – and he's going to have to put on some weight, yes. So I, I don't think he'll have an immediate impact, especially with Darnell Washington, Fitzpatrick. You don't know how Ryan Goad's going to be. But I think that long-term he'll have a huge role, but I just don't know right away. That's fair, and that's actually an excellent point about him living in California. I honestly, I'll be real with you, man. I didn't consider that. I didn't even think about that because I live in Georgia. I mean, we all we all live in Georgia, and I don't even I don't think about those things because that's not my life. I mean, there's things that we can't do, but like the idea that they've just been locked in their homes for months and months and months and can't do anything. No high school football. It's crazy. But you're right. That's true. That's a, that's a really fair point. I am a little higher on Brock Bowers, though despite the fact that, yeah, I didn't play his senior year. That's fair. He is on campus now as an early enrollee. I think that will help compensate that for that to a degree. Maybe not entirely, you know, losing your senior season. That, that's, that's a big loss. But I think him coming early certainly helps. Now, if he was a summer enrollee, that might concern me, fair, or concern me more. But I think this guy is a screaming superstar, okay? At least tight end superstar. I think he's going to be a big time player. I really believe that. I And maybe I'm going out on a limb here. I think this guy is going to be a stud for us. I think he gives us something at tight end that we don't have right now. Brett Sither is, is, or Seether is a guy that I think might be the closest comparison in terms of like his athleticism. I think Bowers is bigger and has more room to add to his frame and will add to his frame more than Seether's been able to. We all love Darnell Washington. Brock Bowers is a different kind of guy 
than Darnell Washington. He's a perfect complement to Darnell. He's not as big and strong as Darnell, but he is, I think, a better athlete uh, in terms of like just he's faster. I think he's a different type of tight end than, than what Darnell is. I think that Brock can certainly play in line and do some of the things that we like to do. And here's one thing I think will help him also get on the field. We run a ton of 12 personnel, one running back, two tight end sets. We run that a lot, and that helps us create a lot of mismatches. Alabama did that a lot this past year under Steve Sarkeesian. And this year it was Trey McKinney and Darnell or Trey McKinney and Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick's probably going to play some. He's going to play some. A lot of tight ends are going to play. We're, we're, there's going to be time. There's going to be plenty of time available for tight ends. And Fitzpatrick's been in the system for a little bit. Sure, absolutely. He did some good things for us this year. I think Darnell is – I mean, we saw him come on late in the season. He's going to be a monster for us next year, in my opinion. But I think there's going to be a lot of playing time for Brock Bowers. I'm not ready to say he's going to start year one, but I think by the end of the year, he could potentially work himself into that. I think he could play himself into that. He's going to have an opportunity. This guy runs a legit 4-5, guys. He ran a 4-5 as a sophomore in high school. As a sophomore. That's two years ago. I mean, there's a chance he might be in the 4-4 at this point. But even if he's still sitting at 4-5 at 6-3, 225, 230, 235, whatever he gets to by the time the season gets here. Now, he'll need to get to about 235 at least. But I think he will be an early enrollee with that kind of speed and a 40 inch vertical. This guy gives us a level of athleticism at that position that we just don't have. We just don't have that. Not a guy like that. And if you look at guys in the NFL, like Travis Kelsey, I'm I'm not saying that he's going to be that kind of guy, but he's in that mold. He's more that type of tight end. So I think he's a perfect complement to a guy like Darnell Washington. I think he has a, a much higher upside than, Goaty or Fitzpatrick, and maybe he's not as far along as those guys. He hasn't been in the system, but again, I think coming in, being here for spring practice, God willing, if we have a spring practice, I think that helps him. I think he's going to be a contributor early on. I don't, I don't think he can keep that kind of athleticism off the field if he's ready. I think he's going to be ready. I've heard good things, good reviews about him on campus so far. Now, like, like what does that mean? Like, he's only been on campus for a couple of months. I don't know, but I've heard good reviews, and that's better than not hearing good reviews. Good review. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a seven with Brock Bowers. I think he's going to. Play early, and I think if he performs well, which I think there's a good chance he will, he might be able to work himself into a starting role, uh, if, at least if we're in like a two tight end set. I think Darnell will probably be the starting guy. But it also depends on what formation we come out in, like different guys and fit different personnel groups and all that. But I think I'm pretty high on Bowers. I think there's a chance he's going to play a lot. All right, Kurt, now let's go with Bowers here in terms of like his long-term career. You said you were more more higher or you were higher on him in terms of his long-term career than maybe as, a, as an early uh, contributor. Give me a number, one through 10 here. When it's all said and done, what kind of career is Brock Bowers going to have here in Athens? I'm going to go with a seven. I think outside Darnell Washington, he may be one of the best tight ends we've had in a long time just because of what he's a big body guy is 6'3", but he's also very quick. Like To me, he could almost be like Isaac Nada in the size of his build, but the he has the one thing Isaac Nada lacked, and that was speed. And I think that could make him a difference maker as you, you know, you kind of went in and talked about everything he brought to the table. So I think long term, he could I would put him around a seven. That's a great – I'm really glad you brought up Isaac Nauta because I think he can be what a lot of people thought Isaac Nauta was going to be, right? Like Nauta was really good for us, great hands, great blocker, great route runner, but he was never an elite athlete, never had that kind of speed. We told, we, I mean, we, not to pat ourselves on the back, but we told you guys that coming out of high school that like he does everything well, but he's not like a burner. And that kind of held him back in terms of like what he was going to be in the NFL. And he's, he's made some teams, stuck on, stuck on a team here in the NFL for a couple of years. But he's not like, you know, a, a big-time guy in the NFL. And, and maybe Brock Bowers won't become a big-time guy in the NFL either. But he has a lot of similarities to Eisenhower. But he has the one thing Nauta doesn't have. You're exactly right, Curtis. He's got that speed. He's got that athletic ability that Nauta just didn't have. Not quite as big and physical right now as Nauta. But I think he can potentially grow into that. 
but I, I'm really high on him as well. You go seven. I, I'm going to go one step. Higher. I'm going to go eight. Um, I think I'm not sure he's going to be a, I don't, you know, all American is really tough, you know, be an all American to predict that that's tough. I think he'd absolutely be an all sec guy for sure. I think he'd be a second round draft, but potentially, potentially work himself into a, uh, a first round draft pick kind of guy. And, and I know that's, that's, I, I know that is high praise. I understand that guys. I'm just really high on him. I think, He's the kind of tight end that we've been trending towards, and whether it's at the college level or the NFL level, I think he's that kind of tight end. He's more of a new age tight end. Now, will he get as many touches as you, as you might like with you when you got a guy like Darnell Washington as well? And there's so much, there's so many talented players to spread the ball around to. Probably not. So maybe he won't be able to be an All American that kind of guy. But I think he's going to be a guy that can make the NFL roster and have a good NFL career down the road. So I'm going to go an eight with Brock Bowers. I'm really, really high on this guy. I really am. All right, let's move on. Number two here. Next up, we got Jackson Meeks, wide receiver out of Phoenix City, Alabama, 6'2", 190 pounds. His senior season was cut short due to injury. Started off with a bang at a couple hundred yard games against good competition early on in his senior season. Then it all, you know, unraveled there with the injury. That's some very, very unfortunate. But, Kurt, let's start with what you see from Jackson Meeks in year one on a scale of one to ten. What kind of contributor is he going to be early on? Um, I'm going to go with a two. Honestly, it, it could even be a one. I mean, right wide receiver for the most part is for once where we kind of have some decent depth, especially with Demetrius Robertson likely coming back unless he transfers out. But as things look right now, there's not a lot of playing time for him to grab. And at the same time, you mentioned how his senior season was cut short, and that's actually kind of been the – the narrative throughout his high school is he has had trouble staying healthy. So I think that unless he can show some durability, it's going to be hard for him to really get out there year one. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I do think that Jackson Meeks is a guy that's probably heading for a redshirt. Now, now with the four-game four redshirt rule, he can, he can play a couple games and still redshirt. I don't think he's going to be a major factor in our offense this year. I don't think he's really going to contribute much at all offensively. Part of this due to the injury, you know, how healthy is he going to be coming off that injury? But also a big part of it is just as you mentioned, like who, who we have coming back. We have so many guys coming back this year. Very different from last year. If he, if he could come in last year, he had a chance to get some playing time. But this year it's a different story. you got George Pickens coming back as a junior We've got a ton of guys, whether it's Kiaris, Jackson, Jermaine Burton, who started all last year as a freshman. Arian Smith, I think, is poised for another uh, step this year. Could, could have a big year for us, be a big play threat for us. So not free about Dominic Blaylock coming back. Like, we have some guys that are, I don't want to say that they're shoe-ins to play a ton, but they've been here, they're experienced. They're going to be the top guys. And Jackson Meeks coming as a freshman, coming off an injury, it's, it's really tough for me to imagine a scenario where he – comes in and cracks the lineup. He's a good player, but I don't think he's that kind of player where he's just because he's gonna to be a major contributor in year one, he's gonna have to be head and shoulders above better than those other guys that I mentioned. And I just don't see that being the case in year one. I don't think he is better than those guys right now. So yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I'm gonna go with the one. Uh, I, I I do think he can be a good player. I just don't see it in year one. And that brings us to the next rating here, Curtis, on a scale of one to ten, when it's all said and done, three to five years down the road, what kind of player do you see Jackson Meeks being? I'm going to go with a five. I just don't know if he really has anything at this point that makes it jump out at you to show that he's going to be a difference maker. I think that's fair. And here's what I will say. And I might do this for a couple of guys. I think five is the safe bet here. And here's why for me, there's almost no senior tape out there. Again, he did. He only played a couple games. Now he, he was productive in those games. What you see of him is what you saw as a, as a, as a junior. And what, what you see on tape is a good play. You're right. But there's nothing like, that blows you away necessarily. Like he's got good ball skills. He's got good size, got some physicality to his game. Doesn't have elite speed. Doesn't seem to show elite speed on tape. Uh, doesn't show elite quickness and in, in route running ability, but those are things that, you know, you can develop route running. 
but you just don't see that polish there on tape. But again, that was a year ago. We don't know what he looked like as a, as a, as a senior because there's just really no tape out there. He didn't play much most of the year, so it's it, there's a lot of unknown there. So I think the safe bet would would be to say a five. Let's see. I think he, I think what I've I have seen enough to say that I think he can be a contributor. Will he be an elite player for us down the road, like a George Pickens, like a, an alpha number one receiver? I don't know if I see that in his future. I don't think that I do right now. I hope I'm wrong. I just haven't seen enough right now to, to, to give me any reason to believe that he's going to be like a, that kind of alpha number one kind of guy. But I do think he can be a contributor for our team. So I think five w- would be a safe bet there as well. All right, moving on here. Let's go with the offensive lineman, a guy that I'm really intrigued by, Curtis. I'm, I'm curious to get your take on that. And we're not going to start with the big five-star Marius Mims. We'll come to him in a few minutes. We're going to actually start with Dylan Fairchild on the offensive line. Six foot five, 298 pounds, right at about 300 pounds, number 98 nationally, just inside, sneaking inside the top 100 nationally out of coming Georgia. I am curious about your take on Dylan Fairchild because I, I, I'm kind of high on this guy. But let's start with year one, scale of one to 10. What kind of contributor do you see him being in year one? Uh, year one, I'm going to go with a one. I'm not sure 100% if he is an early enrollee because I know he's a big wrestler. So I wasn't. I don't think he is. I think he's wrestling. Yeah, I, I think he's one of the few. Or, guys as not an early enrollee as he's defending his state champ his state title in wrestling and i think that's gonna be the big difference maker especially going into this year is there's such an opening at the guard position that it's gonna be hard for him to get in there once these other guys get established into the competition it'd be hard for him to come in and make a true push yeah i am I might go up slightly higher than you. I do think the fact that he's not an early enrollee does hurt him in this age now where so many guys are early enrollees. I do think that that's, I don't, I don't want to say it like makes it impossible for him to be a contributor, but I do think that certainly limits his ability to come in right away and be a big time contributor. We've seen it before, it's happened, but I do think that it makes it tougher. I, I'll go a little bit higher though. I mean, there is a little bit of attrition on the offensive line this year. We do have Schaefer coming back. We've been Cleveland's moving on. Trey Hill's moving on. We do have some guys in the pipeline that have been waiting for their chance on the interior, whether it's Warren Erickson, Cedric Van Pran, Clay Webb. There's some guys that have been waiting there. They've been in the system longer, so you'd probably give them a better chance. But, I mean, I do think there's there's a chance. I don't want to say it's a one. I'm going to go with, like, ever so slightly higher. I'm going to go with a two. I'm with you pretty much, Yurker. I don't think he's going to be a contributor necessarily in year one. I think we do – again, Shaver's coming back. He'll probably be that guy there. I'm, I'm high on Ved Pran, potentially a center. See what Clay Webb can potentially do with a couple other guys that can factor in. Warren Erickson at guard and center as well. So there's some guys there. And not coming in as an early enrollee, I do think that puts him a little bit behind. But he, he's an intriguing prospect. And I am curious to get your take here on his long-term potential. So on a scale of 1 to 10, when it's all said and done down the road, Kurt, what do you see his his future as? I could see him definitely as in the seven to eight range. I think the yeah. one thing he brings is I think his footwork is going to be the thing that separates him because he's just as big as most of these other guys that he's going to be competing against as he gets into the program and going forward in the guard position. But I think his footwork is going to be the big difference maker, especially for guys in pulling and pass blocking, all the things that we ask you to do. Sometimes if you look at some of our guards, that's where they struggle the most, especially as you get these bigger guys. He's, he's the type of player that when we play Mississippi State, when we play Cincinnati, he's the type of guy that could have come in there and actually made a difference because I think he's just as quick off the ball as when you saw this guy slanting and diving in as those pro, as those defensive linemen were doing. He's the one guy that can counteract that because he has that quick footwork and the quick twitch that he has developed probably due to wrestling, but I think that's going to help him long-term develop into a great guard. I'm really excited about his long-term future. I am with you there. and. 
I just love the fact that he's a wrestler. I love it, guys. Offensive linemen that are wrestlers, it's a big deal. I, I, I totally buy into that. You mentioned the footwork, Kurt. That's a huge deal. Footwork on the offensive line is a big, big deal that can separate the guys that can play and the guys that can't play. And wrestling will absolutely help you develop that from that position. It also helps you develop toughness. It helps you develop that work ethic, that nastiness that you want. You want all those qualities in the offensive line. And I think Dylan Fairchild has. And not only is he a wrestler, he is an elite state champion caliber high school wrestler. I love that about him. That doesn't mean he's going to come in and play right away, but I think this guy is going to be a, a contributor for us, a big-time contributor for us in the offensive line. I'm going to put it at a seven. I don't know if he has, like, the overall, like, elite athleticism that would allow him to be higher than that, like, make him an All-American. I'm not going to say it's it's out of the question. I just can't project that right now. Like, I don't think he has, like, the natural ability of a guy like a Marius Mims, potentially, or the size right now, but I think he's got plenty of size. I love the athleticism he brings to the table with the wrestling background, the toughness, the, the tenacity, all of those things. I think that's going to make him a guy that's going to be a major, I think a multi-year starter for us. Not this year, but I think down there, I think he'll be a multi-year starter for us with a chance to, to have an NFL future. Maybe not a first-round draft, but I think he can have an NFL future. I think he's going to be a, a player for us for a couple of years. So I'm going to put it right at a seven. I, I am high on what this guy can be for us. In a couple of years, that, that's there's no doubt there. I, I love the fact that he is a wrestler. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, now that brings us to the Brock that you all know and love, that everyone talks about. So, next up, of course, we've got quarterback Brock Vandegrift out of Prince Avenue Christian School here in the state of Georgia, just down the street, really, from the University of Georgia campus. He is coming in at 6'3", 205, at least that's the numbers you see on 247 Composite, number 16 overall nationally. Curtis, year one. I, I don't think there's a ton of playing time for him right now unless he – oh, God, God forbid, unless something bad happens to JT, knock on wood – but what are you going to put the number at, Kurt, in year one in terms of Brock Vinegrave's ability to contribute in his first year on campus? Um, I mean, I would hope it would be a two or so, but it, realistically, I'll go at a four. Do you think there is a role for him? Let's say, JT, hopefully, hope to God, JT stays healthy all year and he's our guy. But is there a role for him on this team, even if JT is healthy the entire way? Like, Are there packages that we're going to use this guy in potentially? I don't know if there's packages per se, but I think the biggest thing is we're going to try to get him as much experience as we can. So anytime we have a lead or there's even a chance for him to get in there, I think you're going to see him jump. They're going to try to get him in there knowing that, you know, 
in two years when we play Oregon that first game of the year, he more than likely will be the guy walking out there, and you want to have him as oh, experienced sure. as possible. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with three here. I I I don't know. I don't have any inside knowledge. We don't have, he hasn't had a practice here in Athens. But I do think there's a possibility, a decent possibility, that we could have some packages for him in some situational packages in certain situations, whether it's you know short yardage, goal line situation. We want to have a mobile quarterback because he brings us something that JT does not have, he, that JT cannot do. He doesn't have the legs that Brock Bowers, that Brock, sorry, that Brock Vandegrift has. He does not have that dual threat ability. Brock has got plenty of speed. He also, and I, I know he's not necessarily a huge guy in college level, is a different animal, but he he'll run with a little bit of powers too. He's a tough dude. I mean, played on a, a messed up knee basically the se- second half of, of this season all the way to the state title. So I think there's a chance in this day and age where we might have a package or two for him somewhere there. Now, again, I don't think he's going to compete for the starting job. I don't think he's going to beat out JT this year. I don't see that happening. I think JT's the guy. I think the only way he gets he's higher than like a three or a four with, with a few specialized packages for him is if, God forbid, again, something happens to JT. And let's just hope that does not happen. But that's not the question. We we all we all know the situation going into this year with at the quarterback position. I'm more interested, Curtis, in your take on Brock Vandegrift long term. This guy's all said and done. Now, obviously, we have Gunnar Stockton coming in or as of right now in 2022 as well. So there's no guarantee that Brock Vandegrift will ever be the starting quarterback at the University of Georgia. I think very highly of him. I think he has a great chance to win the job uh, going into 2022. But I'm curious your take here. When it's all said and done, what? number are you going to give brought Vandegrift with his overall career? I'm going to go with an eight. I think that's a very, uh, he could easily become a nine just because he, the one thing that separates him is his legs and the things that he can do to extend plays, which will make him an even better quarterback. But if I had to go off of it right now, I'd, I think an eight is a safe bet with him. I think that's a great number. I'm gonna, I'll am i go – I'll one-up you here. I'm going to go with nine. I, I just – I believe in Brock Vandegrift. I, I've said that on this show. I'll say it again. I absolutely 1,000% believe in Brock Vandegrift. I do – I'm really high on Gunnar Stockton as well. And there is a world where Gunnar Stockton could win that job going into 2022. But I still I, – I would put my money on Brock Vandegrift. We'll have a year in this system, a year in the offense, a year taking reps at practice, maybe some in games as well. And that's not to say that's, that's something that Stockton can't overcome. It's possible. We've seen that happen in other places around the country before. But I think that year helps him. Uh, I do I do like Brock's talent a little bit more. I think he's a little bit bigger. I think he's a little bit more of a polished passer. Not head and shoulders above, but I, I, I do think that Brock is the better quarterback right now, and there's time for Gunner to grow into that. I'm open to the possibility. I want the best guy to win that job. But I've said it before, I'll say it right now. I think that Brock's probably going to win that job. I had to bet right now going into 2022. And I think that Brock Vinegrift can – he has a chance – God, and I know this is aggressive saying, and I totally I, – I hear myself saying this because I understand. I think there's a chance that he could go down in, in Georgia history as the best quarterback to ever play here. And, I, and maybe that's not saying that much because we haven't had a ton of, like, high-level quarterbacks here. You know, Aaron Murray put up some massive numbers. You got Eric Zier in years past. DJ Shockley had a great year. Uh, David Green was just an absolute winner for us. But I think that Vandegrift – with all the talent he has around him, especially at Kirby's, with what he's built here, I think there's a there is certainly a, a chance that Vandergriff would go down in history as the best quarterback that George's ever had. And I know that's extraordinarily high praise. And some of you are shaking your heads, probably saying like, "This guy's never even practiced at George before." I get all that, but we do a podcast here, and we're talking about prospects and signees that haven't played a game, or had a practice at George yet. You're 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 speculating, and my speculation is that he could be that. I've seen it from him. He's got everything. He's got the tools. He's got the legs. He's got the arm. He's got 
Now, I do think Gunnar Stockton might have a, a little bit of a stronger arm, but Brock Vingriff has a very strong arm. He's accurate. He throws extraordinarily well on the run. In fact, at times, I, I, I wonder, does he actually throw the ball better on the run than he does sitting there in the pocket? He's got the football IQs, a son of a coach, what, essentially a four-year starter at Prince Avenue, three-year starter at least at Prince Avenue. A ton of experience coming out. He's not like a, he's not like a Justin Fields who was behind the eight ball coming out. He's who was super talented and is super talented, but just hadn't played a ton of football. Hadn't started a lot of games in high school. That's not Brock Vingriff. That's not Gunnar Stockton. These guys have played a ton of football. I, I just, I mean, to me, Brock Vingriff checks every single box on the list. Any box you want to check, he checks it. He's tough. He's a leader. He's got that alpha personality. He checks all the boxes. Now, you never know when you get in the college level, things could change. I don't know. But like if I'm just looking right now and I'm trying to project in the future, I think Brock Vandergriff can absolutely be an all-SEC quarterback. I think he can be a national championship quarterback. I think he could potentially be an all-American. Not, have we ever even had an all-American quarterback? I don't think we have. And I think he could potentially be a first-round draft pick. I think he can be all those things. No guarantees, but I think he can be all those things. So I'm not going to go all the way in the 10. I'll be – a little more reserved, and I'll go a nine. All right, so I'll go a nine for Brock Vandergrift. Obviously, I'm very high on Brock and what he can be. I, I think he's going to be a, a superstar for us. I, I truly believe that. All right, that brings us to actually the highest-rated prospect in this class, Curse. That is offensive lineman Amarius Mims, six foot seven, three hundred fifteen pounds, number seven overall nationally out of Bleckley County here in the state of Georgia. Year one, Curtis. I am curious to get your take on what Mims can do in year one. I think there's an opportunity for him here. What would you? How would you rank his his chance to be an instant contributor in year one? I'm going to go with the seven right now. Honestly, I think that the tackle position is pretty open. Especially, I mean, you're not sure what's going to happen with Jamari Sally or if he's going to move inside or stay at the tackle yeah. position. And if if he definitely if he moves inside, then I definitely think there's a spot open for him. I mean, Warren McClendon has one of the positions, so it's going to take him being knocked off more than likely because I think it's going to come down to Broderick Jones and. Amarius Mims, because as we saw, trust just maybe he continues to get better, but I just think that he has limitations that is going to prevent him from holding off some of these other what guys. What limitations are you talking about? I think he's just heavy-footed, as simple yeah. as that. I don't disagree. I don't think he – just he doesn't have the foot quickness that some of these other guys have. That's just – he's big, strong, long, and that helps. But, yeah, he doesn't have the foot the footwork. I agree. Um, yeah, I think seven's a good number. I'm going I'm to stick with you there. I'll, I'll agree with the seven. I think there's an open opportunity. And I've been very clear, guys. I just – I don't know, man. Uh, we'll talk more about it, and we'll see what spring practice brings. These guys have a chance to improve. But, like, Curtis, are you really convinced, like, that the guys that start the Peach Bowl are the answers that tackle for us? Not from what I saw, no, especially yeah, I mean, with trust. Yeah, you mentioned trust McClendon. I mean, he had some good moments. McClendon played well. He did. He played pretty well. But down the stretch, he just kind of started to fade a little bit. And then there were some moments I'm like, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. And I know he's young and he got he's got time to grow. I get all that, but I just there were there were some signs that left me a little bit concerned down the stretch with Warren McClendon. I hope I'm wrong there. I hope he continues to grow and improves and he becomes that guy that can hold one of those sides down. But I think there's opportunity at both spots if you're good enough. If you can come in and just be better, I think I think you can. I think Amarius Mims has got a shot. I, obviously, you got Broderick Jones here who's got a similar athletic profile. But Broderick had that injury early last year that really set him back. So, I mean, he's going to be a little bit further ahead than Amarius Mims. But, I mean, how much? I don't. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Marius is big, athletic, and he's a guy that, like, he moves so well for the size that he has. And he's, he's not one of those guys – like, one thing you worry about, like, trying to – translate like like trying to project the offensive linemen coming coming into college because most of the guys are just bigger and stronger than the guys that go against in high school but I, when you look at Amarius Mims he just he is a dude 
He's a physical dude. I think he's strong enough right now to contribute in the trenches in the SEC. And that's always my concern. When you're talking about can guys come in and play right away in the trenches against grown men on the SEC, in the SEC, that's a tough ask. But I think he's got the ability and the strength to do that. Uh, and it's not unquestioned. Like we've seen a guy recently, Andrew Thomas, started right tackle as a freshman. Uh, was that, I think it was two, yeah, on a team that went to the national championship game in 2017. So it's not unquestioned. I know you don't you never want to go into a year when you think you can be a contender and have like a, a freshman tackle, but we've seen it happen relatively recently and it, it worked out just fine. So I think he's gonna have a major chance coming to contribute right away. There are some other options there. You know, we mentioned trust McClendon, these guys have been here. We'll see what happens with Jamari Sager. I do think he's gonna move inside because that's his future in the NFL. I think he wants to get some tape on tape out there for for teams in the NFL to see him at guard. Uh, but I, I think he's got a shot, man. I think he's got a really good shot. And the fact that he's here as an early enrollee certainly does not hurt. So I'm going to go with a seven. All right, when it's all said and done, Kurt, probably three years down the road, if I had to predict, what are you going to say about the career that Marius Mims has here in Georgia? What ranking are you going to give that? I, I think he could easily be in a nine. Yeah. I agree. I think nine or ten. I, 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 I might even – you know what? I, I don't – I don't know. I'll go a nine. I don't know if I'm going to give anybody a 10 because it's, that's like, it's never a sure thing. It's almost like an absolute. I don't know if, I don't know if I believe in the absolutes, but man, he's close. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to give Brock Vandergriff a, a nine, I'm going to give Mims a nine too. I mean, just the physical profile, the athleticism, the strength, the opportunity. I think, he, and, and just the, the importance of that position at the NFL, at the NFL level, I think that he can easily be a first round draft pick. I absolutely do. I think he could every bit be the player that Andrew Thomas was a different kind of guy, maybe a little bigger, stronger, uh, maybe not quite as quick, but very, very good. I think he can certainly be an all SEC caliber, potentially all American caliber player and a first round draft pick. So I'm gonna go with a nine. Yeah, I believe it's certainly possible in his future. All right, a couple more Curtis here. Uh, let's go to the offensive line for the next couple ones. Here's go Micah Morris out of Camden County here in the state of Georgia, 6'4, 316, number 66 overall. Year one, what kind of contributor do you see him being? I'm gonna go with the two. Honestly, I don't think that he is ready yet. I think Morris gonna be a really good player for us. He's a guy kind of like Fairchild. That I feel good about down the road. I don't see it in year one. I, I just don't I think some guys ahead of him right now. So he's kind of the same boat as Fairchild. So I, if I gave Fairchild a two, I'll give Morris a two as well. Uh, what about down the road? Do you see him as a guy that can factor in as, as a starter down the road? Yeah, I, th- I put him at a six right now. The biggest thing with him is he looks like he'll be really good. I just don't, he just doesn't have anything that jumps off the page other than that great size. He's got good. I think he has, I think he's athletic. I think he's got good footwork for a guy coming into the college level. I, I I'll be honest. I know Fairchild's not ranked as high as Morris and maybe I'll be wrong. There's a very good chance I could be wrong. I know that Morris ranked 66 Fairchild 98. I, I just love the wrestling background. I think Fairchild, I would put him as a guy that would start ahead of Morris right now. And not to say that Morris can also start too. There's two guards, right? Yeah. But I would uh I would say that I think Morris has or Fairchild has more of a shot right now than Morris. So if I gave what I give Fairchild what a seven, let's give him Morris a six. I think he can be a guy who can certainly be a starter, potentially a multi-year starter. So I'll give him a six. So I'm just maybe not quite as high on Morris as I am Fairchild, but still plenty high enough on him. You're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. 
Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right, last guy on the offensive line. We're gonna go Jared Wilson out of North Carolina. He right now projects to play offensive line, six foot four, three hundred twenty-five pounds. One of the lower-rated recruits in the class, number four hundred eight nationally. Year one, Curtis. I mean, is he a one? Is he a redshirt kind of guy? Yeah, I would. Def- I don't think there's a question about it. Oh yeah, he's a guy that I, I never. I don't like to speak in absolute, so I don't want to say there's no chance, but. I would be very surprised, borderline shocked if he came in and was a contributor in year one. Um, there's just too many guys ahead of him right now and don't really rotate that much of that position. It's not like it's a defensive backfield or something or linebacker or, or defensive line for that matter. So I'm going to say a one. I think he's a red shirt kind of guy and it's probably going to play my special teams. The offensive line, you usually don't see him play a ton of special teams. So probably a one uh, long-term, Curtis. What score are you going to give him? Right now I'm going to go with a three, four. I mean, I, it, he just – he may come in and shock me, but at this point in time, I don't see it. Yeah, okay. So I, I would put him behind Morris. I'd put him behind Fairchild. I think he's probably a guard. Maybe could potentially play tackle. We'll see what kind of forward. I just not not a ton of tape out there on him. I don't know. Um yeah, four. A four. Just slightly under 50% there. So yeah, maybe one of those guys could be like a Justin Schaefer. That's who I'm not comparing. Maybe a Justin Schaefer who you wait till your senior year. Maybe you finally you you're kind of that sixth guy off the bench maybe, and you're kind of a plug-in plug in there kind of guy when needed. But maybe you have to wait till your senior year to kind of play. And I think that might be a guy that Jared Wilson is if he's willing to wait around that long. So I'll go with a, I'll go with a four there. All right, number eight, we got Lavoisier Carroll, six-foot, 190-pound running back out of IMG, originally from Georgia, I think Warren County originally. Number 116 nationally, Curtis. Now, our backfield is loaded this year. We only bring in one running back, but we've got so many guys coming back with, with Zeus and Cook and McIntosh. And, of course, the guys that are freshmen this past year with Edwards and um, – who am I missing? Uh, Kenny uh, – not Kenny, Kendall Milton. Sorry, lost my mind there from, from, with Milton and, and, and Edwards. So we've got a lot of guys coming back. The backfield is loaded. When you're looking at Lavoisier Carroll in year one – what kind of contributor do you see him being? I'm going to go with the two. I, honestly, I'd be shocked if you really got much out there. I kind of agree. And it's not a reflection of my belief in him as a player. I think he can be a really good player. I'm actually high on, on what he can be, especially especially his explosiveness. He's so fast. I mean, this guy, he was clocked. Well, IMG reports, what, I think a 4-3-8-40. Now, that's not laser timed at one of these camps. So I don't know how much stock to put in that. A lot of guys report four threes and four twos from their school. So take that with a grain of salt, but he does have on, on record, I believe a, a mid four, four laser time to one of these camps. So he, this guy, and you watch him play like it, the speed translate that that's his game. He is a burner, not the biggest guy in the world, but um, he's got good lateral agility as well, but the speed is the name of his game. He's a home run type guy. But in year one, there's just so many guys, all the guys we laid out there. I just don't see how he's going to overtake those guys. Now, does he get some carries here and there if somebody gets hurt? Like You never have too many running backs in the SEC. That's for sure. We, so we dealt with some injuries this year with both Kendall Milne and Kenny McIntosh. Uh, we, we saw that. So it's certainly a possibility, but there's just so many guys ahead of him right now. And I, I don't know if I see him be much of a contributor in year one. Uh, special teams can certainly do some of that for us. I'll, I'll go with a two in year one. What about long-term, though, Curtis? These guys are going to be here forever, this, this stacked running back room. What kind of contributor do you, do you see Carroll being down the road? At this point in time, I'll probably go with a six. Um, I think he's going to be a good running back. I just don't know. Right now, they have, you know, 
when you watch IMG, he did a lot of good things, but they have him down as an athlete per se almost. So I'm just yeah. not sure exactly how they're going to use him. Yeah, uh, that's fair. It'd be interesting to see. I'm going to go to the seven. I think he can potentially be a starting running back in, in the SEC with our program. I, I absolutely believe he can be that. Um, he, again, speed's the name of his game, but that that is a, a great quality to have. You want to have that. But he also flashes good vision, which to me is more important. That's something that I always look at with a running back. I think he's got good vision. I think he's got good lateral ability. I think he's got good explosiveness and acceleration through the hole, which is also really important because you can see those holes, but if you can't explode through them, they might close up real quick in the SEC. So you got to be able to get through them. I think he does a good job of that. I think he can be a really good running back. I just don't think he's going to be ahead of the guys that are ahead of him right now in year one. So I think he can be a starter. Yeah, absolutely. If he sticks around, I think at least he can be one of the, you know, one of the, uh, oh, part of a one-two punch kind of thing like like we have with DeAndre Swift and and um, whether it's Brian Harry or more like Elijah Holyfield. I, not that he's more like Elijah Holyfield, but kind of splitting carries with a guy like that. I think he can be that kind of bat force, be a major contributor for us in a couple of years. I really do believe that. So I'll go with I'll go with a seven for him. I think he'd be a contributor and potentially have a, a, a fringe outside shot, maybe be an all-SEC type guy before it's all said and done here. And Athens, and that leaves us with the last offensive player in the class. This is the last guy that projects to be an offensive player. And that is wide receiver Adonai Mitchell out of Tennessee, 6'3", 190 pounds, number 382 nationally. Curtis, year one, is it kind of the same thing as Jackson Meeks as far as what you see him doing in year one? Yeah, no question. I would definitely go with the one for him. Yeah, and I think Mitchell and, and Meeks are are pretty similar in what they do. They both have pretty good size. Neither one are burners necessarily, but they have good ball skills. We can win at the top of their route, use their bodies well to shield the defenders away, all those things. They do those things well, but maybe aren't like elite plus athletes, like a guy like Lavasia Carroll might be. They're not that kind of guy, so they're, they're similar. Uh, and look, we, we signed a ton of top guys in last year's recruiting class, the wide receiver position. It was going to be tough to land on this year. Now, we need to go out and get some elite guys next year. We definitely need to go get those guys. But I think Meeks and Mitchell are kind of guys, good, good kind of program placeholder kind of guys that you bring in your program that can, can grow and develop and maybe contribute later on in their careers. I don't see it in year one. Uh, maybe a special teams guy, so I'll give him a two. But same, same situation as Meeks. is like, who is he going to jump over right now? I just don't see it happening. But uh, all right, when it's all said and done here, Kurt, last ranking for the day, what do you see Mitchell being when it's time to leave Athens? At the most, I'll give him a four. I just don't know at this point in time if I see too much on his in yeah, his future. It's 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 I'm gonna go back to what I said with Jackson Meeks. It's the same thing with both these receivers. I, I have not been able to find any senior tape on Adonai Mitchell. I, I haven't been able to find any of it. So what you're seeing is is his junior tape. And guys can grow a lot between their junior and senior years. It's just tough to know where he is right now. I don't know. I don't have that frame of reference. His junior tape, if I'm judging based off that, I would say maybe a five. Like I don't I don't know. I would say probably the same as Jackson Meeks. Where, yeah, down the road, he can grow, he can develop, and maybe eventually become a guy that contributes. You know, we saw with Kyrus Jackson, he really kind of burst out in his, in his third year on campus. Maybe a Mitchell and Meeks can be that kind of guy. So maybe a four or five, somewhere around there. If I had to pinpoint number, let's just say five, because I haven't seen his senior tape. So let's just kind of call it even and say a five. But not out of the question, he can be a big contributor. I just don't see him being that number one alpha kind of guy. I just don't think he has that kind of athleticism right now. And that's kind of become the game with the wide receiver position, having that speed, that athleticism. And I just don't know if he's got that right now. But he's going to have a chance. He's going to have a chance to come in here and be a contributor. We'll see how that plays out. But all right, guys, that does it for today here on the Glory UGA podcast. Of course, we appreciate you guys sticking out with us. We will be back next week for part two of the deep dive into this 2021 recruiting class. We do the offensive players today, obviously, and we'll be back doing the defensive players. I think we've got 11 guys to cover, so a couple more guys to cover next week. So we'll be back doing that next week, so make sure to check back in with us. 
And uh, make sure to be sending all those mailbag questions in, guys. As soon as you get a question that comes to mind, send it in. We'll be covering those throughout the entire offseason. We'll be working those in episodes throughout the offseason. But thanks for listening, guys. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.